0: Welcome to the Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging Team's podcast, Why Language Matters. This podcast is meant to explore words, their meaning, and how we can use language to be inclusive. This month's episode features pronouns, gender identity, gender expression, and panelists. I'm Hillary Brown, I am
1: an analyst on the Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging team. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I am in Seattle.
2: Hi, my name is Badiana Badio. I'm a sales leader and field solar consultant. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I identify as cisgendered. I'm located in Massachusetts.
3: I am Marcus Accord. My pronouns are he, him. I am the head of diversity, inclusion, and belonging here at Sunrun, and I am based in Fort Myers.
4: I'm Fish Holder. Uh, My pronouns are he, him, and they, theirs, and I'm based in Salt Lake City, Utah.
0: What do you do for your day job?
4: Ooh, and I am a sales effectiveness business analyst.
0: And I'm Nicole Doyle. My pronouns are she and her. I am the program lead for the DINB team, and I'm based out of Southern California. You know, what we just launched in Workday, our personal information campaign, or our intention was, you know, we we want to make sure that people are identifying with what they feel comfortable with us, and we wanted to give more opportunities for people to identify with various demographic information. So we added pronouns, um, something that you know will give people the ability to say, "This is how I want to be referred to us," and then also give other sunrunners the ability to say, you know oh, I'm I'm in a meeting with this person. Let me look up, you know, what they do so I can be prepared. And then also, like, let me look up their pronouns and see, you know, how they would prefer to be referred to as. And so I I really just, I think that's so powerful for us to be able to give some that opportunity. And I know that some of the questions that we got with this campaign, um, specifically when we talk about gender identity and sexual orientation, a lot of people asked me, I don't know my gender identity. <laughs> and so, and like, what is that? Um, and so maybe that's kind of one of the first things that we can explore. Um, so Fish, I know that that you have a lot of knowledge in this area, so maybe you can, you can help us out.
4: Absolutely. I love this discussion, but probably wouldn't consider myself an expert. Um, I will say that these questions are deeply personal, and the answers are equally personal and may change over time. Um, let's say if we consider certain things like long hair, makeup, and flowing clothes to be feminine, and deep voices, beards, and combat boots to be masculine, your gender expression is kind of how you wear those different facets. It's, it's how you present yourself to the world, and your gender identity is what you are at the end of the day if you're alone in a room. I also want to say that if you're uncertain about your gender identity, you're in good company. Uh, This is a huge subject in the LGBTQ community especially, but it affects everyone regardless of sexuality. And gender doesn't always make sense, especially as we're growing up and we tend to clash against some pretty firm expectations of gendered society.
0: It is so fascinating. Um, You know, even me, so I, I identify as cisgender. Um, and I, I my pronouns are she and her. But I prefer to go by Nick for my name. And I know that it is more masculine. Um, and, and that is exactly why I prefer that. I, I've, I've always felt this like conflictedness within myself, like a, I was a tomboy growing up, hated, gr- quote, unquote, girly stuff, and like pink stuff, would actively hang out with the boys and do boyish things. And it was always like looked down. on. I'm so glad that we're Coming into this new era where you don't have to be one or the other, it doesn't have to be a binary thing. Yeah, I mean, um,
1: I, I think I had a similar kind of childhood to you, Nick, um, where I I was all probably also considered a tomboy, didn't really wear frilly things. And my cousin, who I was closest with growing up, just came out as gender queer, and um, we're pretty similar people. So I was kind of, kind of in recent months been been thinking back on growing up and then how how I felt. And I think if this conversation was more at the forefront when I was a kid, I maybe would have felt a little bit more comfortable in my own skin. I do consider myself um, cisgender, but there was probably some times that I I was exploring a little bit as um, as a child.
2: I can completely relate to Nick and Hillary in this situation. Although I wasn't the traditional tomboy, I loved being dressed up in female attire, probably because that's what my mom dressed me in and I felt comfortable in that clothing. But she was always very aware that I loved nature, that I loved being outside, that I loved the woods. And so she'd always put... Uh, these lace legging shorts underneath my dresses so I could easily run around and maneuver and do the things that I enjoyed doing outside like climb trees with my best friend Jonathan or hang out with my brother and his friends so of course I was presenting as a female but all the activities that I enjoyed doing were typically activities that boys got to enjoy and I think the reason why I Loved the idea of that as I was able to still be feminine, but also enjoy the freedoms that I felt boys got to um, always were essentially always given. Like no one questioned when a boy got dirty, no one questioned if a boy climbed trees. And I just wanted that freedom, but still be able to be the girl. Yeah. And I
1: think now that the conversation is more at the forefront, it, it's probably a little bit easier for, for. Parents to navigate and encourage uh, encourage our children to you can be you can be more than one thing at one time.
4: Absolutely. And we want to make space to normalize these kinds of discussions and make asking someone about their pronouns or introducing yourself with your pronouns a natural and approachable part of conversation, especially when you're meeting people for the first time. When we ask for or talk about our pronouns, we're empowering people to interact with us in a more open and honest way. Uh, For example, I identify as genderqueer. Uh, You might call that non-binary if that makes sense to you, but for me and a lot of people, genderqueer is a little more specific subset underneath that, and it's what fits us the most. And for a lot of different reasons, I go by he, him, and they, theirs pronouns.
0: And I, I find this so interesting, too, what this is bringing out is like, like oh when we were kids we were kind of exploring this and and I'll tell you now that like I am I'm like I love pink stuff now Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I love purples and pinks and I love getting dolled up clearly I don't do that every day (laughs) but it it then opens up this question about like do you have like once you choose once you're like okay cool like I identify with that maybe that's for a period of time in your life like I, I feel like not only do we maybe identify as something on the spectrum, but we could be something in different periods of our lives. Maybe, maybe Fish, um, maybe Mm -hmm. you can speak to, you just said, you know, you, you identify as nine, non-binary or genderqueer and you did say that there was like more of a distinction for you and maybe you can can help us understand Uh,
4: yeah and uh, maybe we'll start at a simpler end of the spectrum so when we talk about cisgender that's someone whose gender identity or expression aligns with the sex they were assigned at birth and uh, that might not always be uh, apparent so that's why we ask for pronouns Um, and transgender is someone whose gender identity doesn't uh, align with what they were assigned with at birth and non-binary is a term meaning someone who doesn't subscribe to conventional gender distinctions but identifies with neither both or a combination of male and female genders and for me genderqueer fits a little bit more in that um, i don't have any body dysmorphia i was born male i am comfortable with my facial hair and my male body but i'm also uncomfortable with what's expected uh, of men and what's expected for them to present like um I just as commonly wear t-shirts as I might even wear a blouse or a dress. I used to, in pre-COVID times, have long acrylic nails that I would get done. I'm very comfortable wearing makeup. I'm comfortable wearing heels. And not just that, expressing myself that way feels more natural kind of mixing them together and i do also want to point out that uh, for a lot of people non-binary can also be a point of cultural reclamation Um, in western american society is very heavily built on gendered roles However, America is built of so many different cultures that have kind of become a melting pot in here. And, for example, I have a friend uh, who identifies as Fa'afafine, and that is a Samoan third gender. They, They have a space for wider gender expression than we do in just the traditional male and female roles. So... By asking for pronouns, by by asking about these gender identity things, we make space for people to kind of reclaim some cultural identity that might have been lost.
0: Interesting. I had no idea that, that there was so much space for this in other cultures that, like, we're just finally catching up here in the 21st century. <laughs> A little embarrassing. One of my questions is, you know, how can you know, folks who are maybe listening who have never really heard of, you know, what non-binary is, what genderqueer is, or people who just like don't quite know how to use the the plural pronouns, the they them. Like, do you do you have any tips for for folks that um, are really just kind of walking into this space and don't really quite know how to navigate like they feel uncomfortable asking somebody about their pronouns or may have difficulty like i said um using the they them
4: mm. Um, I think the first thing I would say to anyone who's just starting out using they them pronouns is you are welcome. Um, Please, please come and join us in using this. It's awkward for a lot of us too at first. If you're talking to anyone who presents as non-binary or who is non-binary, I think you'll find that most of them will actively encourage you to practice with those pronouns. It might seem strange at first to think of a singular they, but we do it all the time and we don't realize it, someone dropped their wallet. I wonder where they are. I wonder if they'll come and pick it up. What we're used to though, is thinking of they as this abstract of unknown. And what we need to get used to is understanding that they can be a person. They can be my friend, Mal. They can be Judith. They can be fish. I think just uh, asking people pronouns might feel awkward at first. But I think you'll find it is such a simple and such an easy question to ask and answer. The more we ask it, the more we answer it, the more we kind of normalize these conversations. I think more importantly, the more we make space for people who have otherwise felt silenced or unable to take space in conversations. It's such an easy thing for a lot of us to do, but it does amazing benefits to people who otherwise feel like they have never had a space to discuss at the table.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that, so when I kind of first started learning about this, I'll admit that I probably didn't handle it the best where I was like, I just, I was so uncomfortable with the they them that I, I was like, well, what's, what's another way that like, maybe I can find comfort in. And I found that just using the person's name <laughs> is just like a really easy segue into that. Um, but I really love your point about you know, ask, have these conversations, because then you start to normalize it and, and it becomes easier. And I think more than that, it, maybe this is just from my perspective, but it's, you know, I see you as a person, I acknowledge and respect you enough that I'm actually gonna ask you what you would prefer to be to be referred to as.
2: Uh, Fisher and anyone, I wanted to get your perspective on the possibility of fluidness. Do you think that there is fluidity throughout like different phases, for example, we were talking about our childhood. Nick and Hillary were like, uh, I was you know, I was a tomboy," and then now Nick's older and she's like, "I'm more of a girly girl." So is there room for the fluidity for things to change over time? Do you think that happens, or do you feel that uh people need to kind of stick with one thing?
3: yeah i mean i'll I'll answer that. I'll jump in there. I think there's both a there's space within your lifetime, but there's space between each day, you know, you, you, you may feel and present differently each day. So yeah, I think there's that fluidity to, to, to be able to to understand yourself, how you feel each day. So, um, I I don't believe you should be stuck um, within one.
4: Absolutely. I think the the way that I like to explain it to people who haven't felt that level of drive for fluidity, because I think, uh, um, Honestly, I feel like most people understand like growing up in childhood is a very fluid state. So we can all empathize with this idea of being a much more fluid with gender. And then culturally we find ourselves aligning more and more and more to one way or another. And for some people that is comfortable. That that is That is absolutely understandable to them. It makes sense. And for other people, it doesn't. And for some people, it makes sense in the opposite direction. Some people are transgender some people they grow up for a long time ascribing to a certain gender that culture has given them and they realize no this was never actually something that fit me and i'm only now learning the language that i need in order to express myself more authentically and they will go through their period of transition in order to be more authentic to where they are fluidity is just it's human nature and it's not to say that everyone is fluid and everyone has to be, but there's absolutely space to explore and there's absolutely no harm in letting people explore. Where there is harm is forcing uh, cultural expectations onto people that can be destructive to them emotionally, mentally, and physically.
1: Do you have any advice for uh, for someone who's maybe starting this this? journey of of considering their their pronouns and that they they might not be cis.
4: Uh, Yeah, it's a big space to explore and can be a little bit daunting at first. I would suggest that you look into LGBTQ media. There are lots of books, lots of movies, lots of albums uh, that talk about discussing gender and Um, transition and fluidity, if there's anything that the LGBTQ community understands, it is uncomfortable personal explorations. Something you learn to understand if you're an LGBTQ person is that there is no singular coming out. You kind of constantly have to come out, sometimes to complete strangers. And with that dynamic, I think there's a lot of compassion and understanding in the LGBTQ community for fluidity and the importance of self-definition. A good introspective jumping-off point might be just to kind of explore mental scenarios of pronouns in your head. Uh, that can be a great epiphany moment for you. I remember I was thinking at one point, Hmm, fish. Yes, I saw him the other day at the store. Hmm, fish. Oh yeah, I danced with them the other night at the Lindy Hop exchange. And there was kind of this click where I was like, Oh! Them feels great. Them feels awesome. Them feels really good, especially as I'm presenting more genderqueer. Um he also feels okay. She that doesn't fit me for pronouns quite as much. Um exploring that space might be a great jumping off point for you to kind of understand that maybe this is a time of fluidity for you, maybe this is a time that you should be engaging in these conversations.
0: It's interesting, a a thought that I I feel like I've heard, you know, years ago, and and I always kind of mull this over whenever whenever I'm having conversations like this. And it's like, you know, why why didn't I have to come out as heterosexual? Like, I I feel like this is, what a beautiful world we would live in if, like, everybody had the ability and option to explore this and then decide when they wanted to come out as whatever they wanted to come out as and I I don't know I just it's just one of those those thoughts where like I I don't have to come out as heterosexual every single day.
4: And I think that's where normalizing asking for pronouns, normalizing putting pronouns on your workday, normalizing having pronouns in your email signature is a way of doing that actually by normalizing that conversation, you, you make so much space for people who are so constantly exhausted with having to come out every day, with having to feel unsafe in certain situations, having to gauge the temperature of the room as to like, can I say these pronouns in this room or can I not? Um, can I present more feminine with these people or do I have to present more masculine in order to be accepted?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And I'm realizing um, shamefully that I, I don't have my my pronouns in my signature. So I think I'm going to add that today.
4: I'll put it. I literally only I put my pronouns in my signature when I first saw that Marcus has his pronouns in his signature. And I, I've been identifying as genderqueer for four years now. But it, yeah, it's just these little things. When you see someone else have it in their signature, you'd be like, this is a safer space where I can do that. It Everyone can do these little itty bitty steps. And um, I mean, personally, for me, I feel like, oh, this is a company that I can be a little more open. And by being that much more open with myself and how I express myself, I feel so much more actualized. I feel so much less of a here's work fish, here's hyper professional, has to present a certain way and has to write a certain way. And actual fish who is just a more authentic. And yet it's not something that most people are going to interact with. I put he, him pronouns in my email signature just because it's easy enough for people to understand. And honestly, most people just refer to me as fish. They, they don't use he, him when they're talking about me most of the time anyway.
0: You're lucky enough to have the one name. You don't even need a second name to be memorable.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. But yeah, as I said, if people ask, I say my pronouns are he, him, they, them. Use whichever feels more comfortable for you. And I'm more than happy to be someone's they, them practice
0: so we do have one more question here. Um, what should I do if I say the wrong pronoun? Like say this is, um, you know, not, not just a one-on-one situation, but like, you know, maybe it was addressed in the beginning of the call and I goof up in front of a bunch of people in a meeting. Um, and I, I use the wrong pronoun for somebody. What, what suggestions would you have for that kind of a situation?
4: I think, uh, if you realize it yourself, um, like, Just apologize quickly and don't cause too much attention to it. I might not be the best person to ask about this because, again, I'm very comfortable with the multitude of pronouns. So it's it's, it's hard to step on the wrong toe with me. But be sensitive to the fact that when you use the wrong pronouns with somebody, that can sting a lot more than you may realize. But a quick apology of saying, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Could I ask for your pronouns again? Thank you so much. I totally goofed and then correct your pronouns, move on. And uh, even reaching out to that person, be like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm still getting used to pronouns. Can I have a conversation with you so I can practice this? I think that a lot of people who use, uh, I don't want to say non-standard, but pronouns that you might not expect, people who you might trip up on occasionally and feel the need to apologize to, they're going to be a lot more open to these conversations that you might at first suspect.
0: It's a really good point. I think a lot of it's the fear of the unknown. And I think that's just inherent in our human existence. So just sort of acknowledging that and then, you know, making it right quickly in the moment without drawing attention to it.
2: Well, yeah, I I think it's a process. I think people have learned a certain, learned a certain way growing up or whatever they're influenced by, by the, the town that they grow up in or the, you know, the, family, the religion that their family imposed upon them, etc. So it's just unlearning and relearning uh, how to make space for other people and how to make them feel comfortable and how to find yourself and make yourself feel comfortable and learning just, yeah, essentially what I just said, unlearning everything that you were taught, which might not be as inclusive as you had thought originally.
0: Yeah, unlearning things can be, I find more difficult than learning things, it's like breaking a bad <laughs> yeah. habit.
4: I think on that subject, I, I think we we all understand the frustration of um, language policing. That's not really the approach that I think anyone agrees is effective. We're all here to have conversations, and we're all here to learn more about each other. We're not here to, um, like, throw up demerits for misgendering people with pronouns. We're here to... There's so much more to celebrate by taking these little baby steps than there is to attack people. It might be uncomfortable, but no one should be afraid
3: of it. Yeah, that's a great point. I've been in spaces where working with colleagues and coworkers who are non-binary, and you just, you got more comfortable with pronouns. But then when you move away from that space, and it's it's been embarrassing for me to come back and meet someone, and I'm like, ah, I kind of forget. And you forget the and so, you know, just getting comfortable with, you know, being uncomfortable that, hey, to your point, I apologize. And and uh, you'll quickly kind of get back into like using the right pronouns and, and being more comfortable.
4: Yep. It's just like mispronouncing someone's name if you don't understand how to pronounce it the first time. Give them the respect of learning how to pronounce their name properly. And if it's hard for you to pronounce, practice. <laughs>
0: One hundred percent. I had a, I had a, a colleague who would always ask, you know, how do you how do you pronounce your name? And and he quickly moved on to like, how how did your parents pronounce your name? <laughs> and he found that he, he actually got a different response because people would, would sort of trying to conform their name to the American standard. Like, no, it's OK if you say it this way. Like, I get it. I don't mind. Uh, but he really wanted to get to the their true name, like how do you really pronounce it, um, and he got a different result in that way. And then, fish—is there any like parting words? Is there anything else that you wanted to sort of convey?
4: <laughs> oh gosh, I, I, I have not talked enough? Um, I, I the the final thing I just like say about like all of these subjects of like using language and using these pronouns, using these these newer things for a lot of people. Just understand that we're, we're encouraging this because it is a way of offering people a, a huge amount of respect and a huge amount of space for them to grow as human beings and be more self-actualized while asking for so little. Asking someone for pronouns is a real simple thing. It's just uncomfortable because it's not something that we're used to. But I encourage you to, um, I in any level of your life, take the slightly more uncomfortable path if it makes space for people that otherwise would feel unsafe in expressing themselves. It's such a small thing to do, and the the benefit is, I you know I keep harping on this, but you will never realize how much you positively impacted a person with the simple fact of like accepting their gender pronouns until you can see them grow into an actualized person. And it's amazing to see that happen. And that's something that you can facilitate so easily.
0: Yeah. And I'm thinking of just little ways that you can do it. I mean, we already do things like when we, we first meet teams or we do team building activities or, you know, we have a meeting and it's like, oh, you know, go around the Robin and introduce yourselves. What's your name? What's your title? What's your location? Like, it's so easy to and what are your pronouns? Um, So I feel like that's a, a very actionable thing that we can all start to adopt. Thank you for joining the Why Language Matters podcast. Remember that you can update your personal information in Workday, including your pronouns, gender identity, sexual orientation, and veteran status. See you next time.